Yes. How are you? I'm okay, Gary. How are you doing? I'm good. We are starting, so uh, the music will cue in, and then I'll intro you, okay? Sounds good. All right, let's do it. How can you be in a bad mood hearing this song? <laughs> you can't be in a bad mood hearing this song. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. This song makes me want to hold your feet while you yeah. do sit-ups, because you need to. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Hello, welcome Steven. back to the... Gentlemen's Dojo! Oh, to my right, from Pittsburgh, PA, Mr. Steve Byrne. To my left, from Detroit, Michigan, Gary Kim. Uh, by the way, want to thank Taylor Williamson for joining us last week. So fun. Great so guy. Nice. Great guy. Love Taylor. Couldn't be nicer. So fun. Uh, and hilarious, by the way, too. Such a nice guy. Uh, by the way, uh, we have a uh, great guest this week. Yes. Switching things up a little bit. Uh, this was a gentleman that I met years and years ago when I first moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. back in 2002. Uh, he was kind enough to take me on as my commercial agent <laughs> and I think uh, quickly realized he made a bad choice. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is one of the founders of the highly regarded agency here in Los Angeles called Coast to Coast Talent Agency. He is the uh, commercial agent on uh, that part of the business. Please welcome to the dojo, Steve, Mr. Hugh Leon. I shall. Hugh, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Guys Thank as well. you so much for taking the time. Hugh, was I probably the worst decision your company as a whole made? <laughs> well, Gary, I've made a lot of interesting decisions. You were absolutely not the worst. Oh, <laughs> that makes me feel good. But you are labeled under an interesting decision. I think. I think the problem that Hugh faced is when he sent out my headshot to casting directors. They couldn't uh, decide if I was male or female. So, like, if we needed a Rosie O'Donnell. Body need to pick double. him up and turn him upside down <laughs> to see the genitalia. This guy would be better for voiceover work. <laughs> That's what we're thinking. He's, he's got a face for radio. He's got a face for radio. <laughs> so, Hugh, you know, I've known you for a long time, and obviously when I started doing commercial auditions a long time ago, I just – I, I kind of – like, you know this better than anybody – when you go out, it's got to be a fire in your belly. You got to really want it. You got to want to book those jobs. I mean, you know, you've been with Coast to Coast for how long? 20 years. I just celebrated my 20 year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. I was 10, so there you go. Wow. And so, what makes you decide to become a commercial agent? Like, how do you get involved with that side of the business? Well, I think it's a different story for everybody. Uh, for me, I had no interest or desire. To, to be an agent, to be honest with you, I, I grew up as a, excuse me as a uh, as a child actor in New York, and uh, came out to California to Los Angeles um, for a role, and uh, to continue pursuing the dream. And then I went to school, um, decided to continue my education at UCLA. And when I came out of there, I, I don't know, maybe I drank too much during college. <laughs> I, 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 Hugh, I do want to ask. Uh, Somehow what was the... things all changed for me, and uh, the the aspiration and dream kind of switched over to wanting to help actors, as opposed to wanting to do it myself. What was the biggest role you nailed as a child actor? Well, I mean, back in New York, it was a lot of theater and a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot of commercials. Okay. Um, so I think I had a, a a strong background. I started doing commercials when I was I don't know six. Um, so it's it's one of those things that you kind of grow up doing. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of theater in and off Broadway and a lot of uh, other stuff that such a lifetime ago. I, I, it's hard to even think of myself in that realm, especially being on this side of the business for so long. It just seems like I, when I look back on it, it's kind of looking at somebody else's life. 
But does that give you a different perspective when you're, you know, when you're working with parents and they're going out with their children because you you've done it. You 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 you've done exactly what it is they're doing. So are you a little more sympathetic, I, I assume, to to those well, folks? Well, I don't represent kids. So oh, that's I, good. I think, you know, <laughs> dealing with a bunch of stage moms growing up, it was a conscientious choice for me uh, when I decided to kind of jump into the other world of being an agent. I had no desire to work with parents. Um, I work with parents as actors in terms of they might have kids, mm-hmm. but they're the adult. I only were, represent uh, actors 18 and up. I do want to ask you this because it seems like over the course of the last few years that I've you know been paying attention to this or living in California, it seems like there's like these cycles in terms of commercials where one guy or one girl is in like eight commercials over the course of the year and then you just don't see them again. Is that am I right to say that or am I just completely imagining things? Because it seems like there's this one dude I saw that was in a string of commercials like national campaigns. And then I haven't seen him since. And there's this one woman that was constantly in stuff and she looked like the all-American mom. And I haven't seen her since. You know, I think things go in cycles and and. We always talk to actors about that because there's going to be up times, there's going to be down times. I really think that it there are some actors that have that longevity. We have actors that year after year book a lot of commercials. But everybody kind of goes through that downtime as well, and I think it's just sticking through that. I think when you watch the TV also, there are some actors who kind of parlay the commercial side of their career. They start working more TV and film, and then they have some – you know, maybe their theatrical rep or managers come in and say, you know, let's take a break from doing commercials, which I, I kind of, on my side, maybe because I'm a commercial agent, but I find that to be silly. I think the more exposure you're getting out there is is great um, as long you can you could be a little choosier. If you're on a, a sitcom or you're doing some film, you could be a little choosier in terms of what commercials and what kind of roles you want to do in those commercials. But I think a lot of people kind of say, well, I've done 20 commercials over the last few years. I think I'm going to take a break and step aside and concentrate on something else. That might be why those particular people that you're seeing, um, you're not seeing anymore commercially. You know, it's interesting because when you see somebody like, I mean, this is just kind of a a, a weird thing that I think everybody noticed when that guy who is the Verizon guy for years, all of a sudden is now pitching Sprint. Like, is is, is that kind of like just this weird thing that happened? I mean, that's got to be a conflict of interest, right? I think it's a, I mean, to me, watching it as, you know, he's not my client. And I'm watching that the same way you guys are. And it's kind of a smack in Verizon's face, in a sense, because even the campaign that he's doing is, I used to be the Verizon guy. Can you hear me better now? It is a, I don't know what happened in terms of his contract, if all of a sudden they ended it abruptly and he was pissed off. Or it could be as simple as something as Sprint came in and said, we're going to pay you a crap load of money <laughs> just to kind of dis Verizon since you're no longer under contract with them. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes money talks. Maybe uh, the actor just figures, why not? Let's let's do uh, let's have some fun with this. But I, I I'm I would be if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking the execs at Verizon are, are not very happy about it. If there is a Hall of Fame in terms of commercial actors, just actors that are synonymous with a brand, would Flo be like literally in that Hall of Fame? Because she has just had an an incredible run and they just keep pumping out these ads. 
And I, I try to think back uh, throughout all the years, the decades of me just watching television. I mean, she's got to be one of the biggest spokespeople of all time. Would I would I be correct in saying that? Or, or I think you're absolutely correct. I think Flo is synonymous with uh, with her brand right now and that character. Everybody knows who she is. Um, I mean, she's been doing it for years. They pump they pump out dozens of commercials every year with her character, and, and she's great. At what she does, uh, you know, she was uh, an improv actress prior and, and kind of going through that whole scene. And several of my clients have worked with her and were friends with her prior to that. And I've, you know, for her to kind of fall into that particular spot and that create that character is just an incredible thing for her. So, yeah, when there's a handful of those people out there that become that. And that's I mean, that's it's it's amazing in some regards and other regards. If she wants to step away from those ads at some point, is she always going to be synonymous with that? And ballpark, what do you think she's made over the years with those progressive ads? If you just had to, I mean, it's hard to say. You know, it's it's interesting because most people would assume, oh, she's making five, ten million dollars a year. People ask me that all the time. You know, how much do you think she's making? And I can only go off of my experiences with my actors, and we've had. You know, I've, I've had the privilege of representing several, uh, you know, spokespeople on commercials. Nothing like Flo, but there really hasn't been anything like Flo. Mm-hmm. But at the same respect, these ad agencies come back and they say, okay, well, here's what we're willing to offer and here's how many commercials we want. And every year you try or every contract you try to up the ante a little bit. She's making very good money. I'd be shocked if she's making less than, you know, a million a year. Um, but there's there's a you can kind of push it so far and when these ad agencies come back and say well you know this is what we're willing to do this is as far as we're willing to go and if your client doesn't want it we'll move on and i think it's harder for them to move on from flow because you know they take her off the air they have to revamp their entire the whole thing of the advertising what what makes a great commercial actor in your mind well i think there's a few things i think that first of all uh, you know, you talked about earlier the dedication and the drive, but I think it's really a personality. It's a marketability. People ask me all the time, oh, you know, they come in. There, there's some wonderful actors out there. I, I've, you see these great people who book a lot of TV and film cannot book a commercial they, to save their lives. It's mm-hmm. amazing. They're incredible actors, cannot book a commercial. And I think it's an energy. It's a personality. There is a certain, I, I want to call it charisma, but that can be so broad. I think it's more about their, you know, how they can, they take the commercial copy. And even if it's just one line, even if it's no lines, it's something about their look and something about that captivates you, that draws you in. And they know how to do that. It's it's like they're selling a product. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you have to know how to sell that, even if it's just with a glimpse, a, a look. I mean, that's, that's, it's so important. It's something that people can relate to. Because do you think, Hugh, there are times when people will go in and audition for a commercial, and a lot of people have said this, the casting director sometimes doesn't know what they're looking for until that actor comes in and gives them that? Well, ultimately, the casting director makes the decision on who they bring in on their on their commercial. So the way that it goes in a nutshell is the, the ad agency comes up with the concept. They have their creative team develops this concept. They hire their director of production company. They go out and they hire the casting director to sit down and say, this is what we're looking for. The casting director has to do their best job to sift through thousands of submissions, thousands. And literally nowadays we're told anywhere from two to 10,000 submissions per role. 
they're in Los Angeles. Now they're getting those submissions and they have to sit down and go, okay, well, I have X amount of time to, to cast this thing, so I'm going to bring in 40 people on this particular role. They have to kind of figure what who's fitting, you know, who are their favorites, who they know really fits that role. Then they're kind of looking at these just little glimpse, these photos and trying to decipher who might work and who might not. They bring them in. Then they have to cut it down to the callbacks, who they want to show to their director. And from there, it's basically out of the, car, the casting director's hands. So the casting director doesn't actually – they have nothing – very little to do with actually uh, who books the spot other than who they choose to bring in for those roles and then who they choose to present to the director. And then the director kind of looks at it and goes, okay, I like these two or these three or these five. These are who I want to present back to the ad agency who then is going to present that back to their client so many levels on how they decide who's going to book that, you know, how, who books that role. It's like winning the lottery. With com- in terms of commercials, it seems like the whole diversity, uh, you know, every, th- every time you hear diversity, diversity in terms of network and film and everything else, it's definitely spilled into commercials as well. But it literally, to me as an observer, it just seems like it is always <laughs> like – three white people and then a black friend in a beer commercial or if it's fast food it's three white people and a black guy or a McDonald's whatever do you do you find that the that they are asking for more diversity across the board in terms of commercials as well so does that make it like we got to get more latino actors we got to get more asians or middle easterns or whatever is is there almost like more of a demand for that absolutely and i think that the trend in the last year or two has really kind of gone more what we call ethnically ambiguous. You know, they can't tell what exactly, where they're from, who they are, what they're, you know, and that's that's really a um, a big thing in commercials, I think, you know, lately. There are times where, and it sucks as an actor, uh, you get an actor, you get normal, you know, Joe Schmo white guy who books a commercial, they uh they're excited they get that you know they know that they're gonna book this now they they got this national commercial and then right before the shoot or even during the shoot some ad agency exec or somebody from the actual the old the client the the product themselves sits down and looks and goes hmm well i don't think there's enough ethnically ethnic uh, diversity in this spot get rid of that actor and let's bring in an asian guy you know And, and that happens with more and more frequency than I'm finding lately, which why they can't make that decision during the casting process and before they actually book somebody, I, it, it, it baffles me. I have no idea why, but I think they look at it and go, yeah, we need that. But that's why the ethnically uh, ambiguous look comes into play because then they can't get any, you know, they don't, A, they're trying to appeal to a mass market. Right. And mass market is ethnically diverse. So if you have somebody and, and you don't want, like you had with the Oscars this last year, right? You don't want people going, hey, how come there's no people of color in this in, in these commercials? They need to have that ethnic diversity in commercials, and it's important. So, you know, look at our country. We're very ethnically diverse in there. Yeah. In the, yeah. Is is there somebody you've worked with that you knew out of the gates, I'm, I'm only going to be working with this person for maybe a year or two because this person is absolutely destined to go on to bigger and better things than they did? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that there are people that the actors when when I meet with actors, you know, I you're looking for, you know, certain things. 
And certain people just have, whether it's a look, certain people have a, uh, the personality, certain people that you think, oh my God, this person is going to be huge. And then they don't mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And it's so difficult out there, you know, so I get that. But yeah, I've worked with, you know, uh, actors uh, over the years where you look at them and go, yeah, this person's this person's destined to move on. And in fact, you know, I mean, one of my clients right now who, you know, I have several clients that are doing TV shows and moving on. But I met with this with this one girl a couple of years ago. She was just I don't know something about her look, something about her persona. I I knew she was going to you know she was going to move on to bigger things. And of course, you know, she winds up booking a huge TV show and is now making that dream happen. And then of course, when I get the calls like, Hey, I think I don't want to go out for commercial auditions anymore. Cause I'm on a big TV show and I get it. Yeah. And then hopefully it kind of translate once they become a household name, then it becomes a little different. Cause then you hopefully can get them into what uh, in, in the endorsement side of commercials as right. a celebrity as opposed to an actor. How bummed do you think the commercial agent was who represented Jared from Subway to lose all that money? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not as bummed as Subway was. But, uh, you know, holy cow. Yeah, that's I mean, because, again, there, there's, I that bullet. There, there's a great example, too, Hugh, of somebody who just had this great fast track of just doing these commercials, had a great life, lived in Indiana, and then, you know, that whole thing just shot up. I mean, it's like, you know, for somebody like Flo or somebody like the Verizon guy, it's like it can really be a great living for somebody who wants to just bank all that money and then do something with it. Absolutely. And and and, and you, you hope that they – do something with that because I think I, I see a lot of actors who take it for granted in a respect. So they will make some decent money and spend it faster than they can make it. Um, they don't bank it. They, or they just rely that it's always going to be there. And that's a really huge mistake on actors. I, I think it's, it's really a, it's a slippery slope. You see actors who are booking even TV shows and, and, they feel like, I, I'm on a TV show. Let's get that house in the hills. Well, that TV show gets canceled after the first season, and now they're short-selling that house in the hills because they can't afford right. it anymore. Just curious. So how many commercial agents would you say exist in L.A.? Oh, my goodness. There are more and more every day. I, and it's crazy to me because the commercial market has changed so much over the years, and it is not what it used to be. A, commercials don't make the same kind of money that they used to. It's extremely competitive. There are so many actors out there. But I think with everything being online, it's made it easier for people to say, oh, I want to be a commercial agent. What do I have to do? Oh, I can. There are so many actors that are willing to sign with whoever will sign them. So when I talk to casting directors and they tell me that they're receiving submissions from well over 300 agents and managers, that to me, and I can, if you ask me, and I've been doing this for a long time, I can name maybe 15 or 20 of them, you know? So that tells me that there are just so many out there that I don't know how they make a living, how they keep the lights on, what they're doing. It's crazy to me. Because I'll always ask somebody, like, who's your commercial agent? They'll be like, uh, 
Joel Smith from uh, LLB Agency. I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the guy's running it out of his basement or it's his mom or – because it is definitely easier to submit, right, because of, you know, everything's electronic. Everybody can kind of exactly. get the breakdowns, all that stuff. I mean, how does it work for you, Hugh, like when somebody wants to become a commercial actor? How can somebody – get in front of you or how do other agencies work in terms of being seen by an agent for possible representation? I think everybody's a little different, but for our purposes, you know, I go off of referrals first and foremost. So it's, you know, whether it's a manager that is sending over a talent that they just signed or have, whether it's a casting director or producer that's sending somebody over, whether it's a client of mine who is referring somebody, um, you know, that's, but I look through every submission that I receive. Anybody that sends, you know, when I get them, I go through them. I can go through them very quickly. I can look at it for my purposes. I can go through and say, we, you know, we're fortunate. We have a, we do have a full roster. Um, we have uh, great actors, so I can be very particular in terms of who we want to bring in. Um, and depending on what their specific look or skills are. We can kind of go through and see, yeah, this is something else. And, and when you look at it this way, we uh, for adult commercial actors, we represent, I always call it 18 to death. Um, we have male, female, we have all ethnicities, all shapes and sizes, all different types. But there's always things that you're missing. Like how many, you know, sometimes we get commercials ask for the randomest things. We'll, like, we'll get asked for, oh, we need like a, an albino sumo wrestler. <laughs> and, you know, who the heck has those, you know? So I think the more different you are, you know, you're going to go, okay, well, let's, let's, we need to kind of fill, <laughs> we need to fill those albino sumo wrestler spots. Right. Um, I only have three right now. So if anybody <laughs> out there is listening. Um, yeah, that's, so it's, I think it's something that, you know, and, and then I go through, I can only, I only have time to meet with so many. So we kind of narrow those down. I receive literally hundreds of submissions a week. I narrow those down to about 15 or 20 that I want to meet with maybe every other week. And then from there, kind of make decisions on who, uh, who we're going to work with. Yeah, because I remember when I came in, I had to read, I read for you, and it was just, it's very nerve wracking because you just don't know how it's going, what you think, you know, all that other stuff. And it's got to be, it's got to be hard for you as an agent to let somebody go. It's, well, it's got to, it's got to be, it's got to be a great call when you call somebody and say, we would love to take you on. But it's also, it just has to be awful to make that same call and say, we have to part ways. It's just not working. Right. Uh, I, I mean, absolutely. I think the hardest people ask me what the, hardest part about my job or what, what I like least about my job. And well, you know, listen, I can give a list of peeves, but in terms of the thing that really gets to me the most is if I have to, when we go through and evaluate our talent, it's like, you know, it's like any other business. I always say to people, if I'm selling vacuums and I can't sell a specific vacuum, I have to find another vacuum. I mean, I have to find a different brand because that one isn't selling, whether I can't get them out as much as I'd like to, whether they're not, taking advantage of the opportunities when they are going out there, but it's, it's a business. It's not personal. And there's certain people, right. you know, a lot of people you develop relationships with and you really like them and they're great people. And then you have to make that decision. It's extremely difficult, especially some people don't take it very well. Um, you know, I, you get the defensiveness and I've had many people like, you know, who get really defensive with that. Um, how dare you, drop me you know who do you right. think you are yeah. kind of attitude and you're it's it's not 
I had one person who literally said to me, hadn't booked in like five years. Now, most agents, a lot of agents, I know a lot of my peers, you don't book in six months, you're right. gone. Sure. I had somebody who didn't book in five years and got so mad at me. So mad. Like, Jeez. how dare you do this? I booked a commercial five years ago. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I, but not nothing since. What am I supposed to do? I, I can't you know, believe, so. Hugh, you forgot that Circuit City ad I booked back in 83. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, Hugh, how long did you work with Gary? Oh, uh, Gary, well, Gary, tell me. I mean, it's been, it was 2000, I mean, 2002 is a well, long time ago. I can't It was remember. a long time ago. I got recommended into Hugh yeah. uh, by somebody I was dating at the time, who I think you still represent both of them, don't you? Who, uh, t- do you want to mention names? Yes, yeah, Sue and Todd. Oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I forgot that Sue recommended you. Yeah. So Sue Nelson, uh, my yeah. girlfriend at the time, recommended me, and I went in and read, and then it was just, it was, I, yeah, it was in 2003 or four. And went out. I think I had a, a bunch of auditions. Did, did Gary book anything? That's, I, that's I didn't, what I. I no. I I can I can. Hugh doesn't even have to look back at the notes. I didn't. I did get a couple of callbacks, but uh, no, I I didn't. <laughs> what is Gary's yeah. look? If if you if you were, had to pick my look, it, Hugh. yeah. Does Gary have a certain look that a <laughs> advertiser or a company would would be like? All right, this is how we we'll label Gary. Well, I think you're putting him on the spot, and I think you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I certainly am, Hugh. <laughs> no, I would I, love you know, to listen, hear this, Gary, Hugh. I wouldn't have brought Gary even aboard if I didn't feel that he was marketable and had the potential to book commercials. And, and that's the thing, too, is that sometimes you know you have no idea. People don't understand how difficult booking a commercial is. It, 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 I say it's like winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, It really is that tough. By the time you get just to get narrowed down, to get the audition, then to go in for the audition and to nail the audition. And when you're given some stupid line or something that makes no sense or sometimes no line at all, stand there and slate your name and, you know, let's uh, act like you're having fun at a party and you have to act like a doofus at a party. Right. And you have to be somehow they're looking at that going, hmm, well, that person looks like they're having a a lot of fun at the party. Let's let's. (laughs) Let's bring them back uh, to show the direct. I mean, there's so many different yeah. things to go through that you just have no idea. And I tell people all the time, you go out there, why some people do so well commercially and some people who are extremely talented just don't. But I think there are, you know, all these comics move to L.A., and because they're not getting work as comics, they're like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a commercial agent. I'm going to book mm-hmm. that one national commercial. It's going to pay for all my bills throughout the year. And then they don't realize how difficult it is. And I just know that you know when I was with you guys, I remember you had to downsize to a smaller office, and you had to cut off your cable because <laughs> I wasn't bringing in any money all for you guys. because of you. Yeah, all because I'm, of Gary. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for that, Hugh. But uh, <laughs> you, you, actually, you know, it's funny because Hugh brought me on and like he said you know he kept somebody on for five years i do know this about you and especially you know everybody at your office you guys are great people and i just appreciate not only you taking a chance with me years and years ago but uh just being just a super nice guy and a a good good guy overall over the years and i i can't say enough about that Hugh. so thank you well i appreciate that you know and it's it's interesting when i first uh when i first got into the business and i think coming from an actor's perspective when i first got in people would say to me you know, you're, you're, oh, you're not harsh enough. You're not mean enough. You don't yell enough. You know how that's what an agent has to be. And I would always say there's, I don't think I need to yell. I don't think I need to drop the S bomb every other word. Like some of, you know, some people do to be respected. And I think, you know, and, and you can be firm and you can handle your business. And there are some people that think I'm 
I am too harsh, which is crazy because I, I think I, I really try to make the actor feel as comfortable as possible. I try to handle things um, in my way, in the way that I would want to be treated, uh, you know, as an actor. And I, I think you can get respect, you know, absolutely by doing that and staying true to who you are and not having to kind of fall into the swimming with the sharks idea of entertainment executive kind right. of thing. I, I don't, I, that's just not, that wouldn't make me comfortable. And it's why, you know, I've stayed with the company and I, the company that I've been with for 20 years, I've been there so long because I can do my business and handle it. And as, you know, a, a partner there, um, I don't have to be ruthless and I don't right. have to be mean to people. I, and I think that's, that's important to know, but somebody screws up, I'm the first one to let them know. Right. And I think you have to educate and teach and you have to keep it like, you know, anything else. You got to kind of keep people in line on every on on different angles. So I try to do that the best that I can and try to keep a sense of humor about it. Well, thank you so much, Hugh. I mean, you really gave a nice insight to just the overall world and, uh, you know, letting people know how the business works. We appreciate it. Thank you, Hugh. It's a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Thank Thank you. you. Pleasure to meet you. And thank you for having me. Thanks, Hugh. Thank you for being part of the dojo today. (laughs) It was exciting. All right. I hope to see you soon, Hugh. I'll talk to you. You get a call back, Hugh. You get a call (laughs) back. You get a call back. Did I book the job? I think you booked it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, Hugh Leon of Coast to Coast Talent Agency here in L.A. Super nice guy and uh, was always great to me even when I wasn't booking it was it was it was uh how long did you stay on for i maybe how like long? a year yeah. yeah 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 it was a but but literally like i i would get a lot of initial auditions but i just couldn't oh. couldn't book book the work and hmm. then i i literally you know how you like learn in life as you grow older and you realize things happen had go. i known you know you didn't need talent for this business i would go. have auditioned for sullivan and son. <laughs> <laughs> i know we All joke right. back and forth about sullivan so but it really was a piece of shit all right good guys well that was the dojo for this week <laughs> we appreciate your time thanks to hugh leon of coast to coast talent agency steve where can they check you out fantastic i've been gary cannon <laughs> thank you guys for another great episode and everybody at all things comedy We'll talk to you guys soon. Good night. Bye-bye. That's how we're going to end it? Yeah. Well, you got something to promote? You doing something else with another? <laughs> no, it's fine. Oh. Are you doing something? I no, fuck say- off. Yeah, we'll end it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening.